there are three categories there. How do the afflictions arise, how you thereby accumulate karma, and then how you die and are reborn. Uh, so the first category, which is the uh, how the afflictions ref, uh, arise, uh, there are four categories. First, the identif uh, identifying the afflictions. The second category, the order in which the afflictions arise. Third category, the causes of those afflictions. And then the fourth category, the faults of the afflictions. Uh, so those are the four categories under how the afflictions arise. Uh, and then in the first category, the identifying the afflictions, uh, we find that there are two categories, uh, the, the identifying the, the afflictions in a general way or the universal way, and then identification uh, of them individually or the individual afflictions. Uh, so those are the two categories that we find uh, under that uh, first point, um, uh, how, uh, uh, how the afflictions arise. What is this one? Take some. Oh, yeah. And this key, the Shedang Susur, the the Lamrim Chemo Sache, you're it. Okay. Sajidle, Okay. Uh, so that's, this is where we will begin uh, on the, how the afflictions arise, uh, how they arise, generally how uh, the uh, um, generally the general afflictions arise, uh, and then how the specific uh, or individual afflictions uh, arise. So, because there's a, a, this is a very clear section, uh, Jayan Sheba didn't find the need to comment on it. Because Lama Tsukapa made it clear. Uh, so, we're going to read the Lam Rim Chemo now. Nyomba Nyomobachi so it says reflection on the, so page 298 reflection on the process of cyclic existence in terms of its origin it says the origin of cyclic existence is explained in three parts how the afflictions arise how you thereby accumulate karma 
and then how you die and are reborn. Uh, so we begin with the first category of how the afflictions arise. It says, karma and the afflictions are both necessary as the causes for the creation of cyclic existence, but the afflictions are primary. Uh, so what uh, the point here is that uh, uh, if uh, you, um, you have uh, the propelling karma, which will uh, give rise to a rebirth in cyclic existence, uh, but the afflictions are not present, uh, then it's not possible for uh, that existence to arise. Um, just like uh, a seed uh, needs earth, needs water, it needs light, all of these things in order uh, to sprout, uh, the propelling karma requires the afflictions in order to produce the result, produce the experience uh, within cyclic existence. Sabelasuba <laughs> Okay. Okay. Okay, um, so it says, for just as a seed without moisture, soil, etc., not produce a sprout, so in the absence of the afflictions, even though you have accumulated a measurable karma in the past, there will be no sprout of suffering because the uh, karma lacks the necessary cooperating uh, conditions. Um, so uh, the afflictions serve as a cooperating condition. Uh, that must be present in order for the arisal of uh, a birth in cyclic existence, this experience of cyclic existence. Uh, and uh, um, uh, for an ordinary person uh, or uh, a faux destroyer, this is the case, because a faux destroyer has within his or her continuum uh, uh, the actual propelling or throwing uh, karma of cyclic existence that will give rise to cyclic existence. But uh, they don't have the cooperating conditions present to give rise to that experience. Therefore, they are not reborn into cyclic existence, even though they still have these seeds. They still have these uh, predispositions of uh, karma, uh, propelling karma. Um, they, don't, they no longer have the afflictions, so there no longer is a cooperating condition. And if the cooperating condition is not present, then the, uh, the result doesn't exist. The result can't uh, uh, occur. Um, so that is the point uh, up to there.
ตัวเมกิสัตว์เมกิเนวะเตยอมาเรสเดบะทุนละเพมะเมพะปะโซเกเนควะเพนจิเลสะบะโยมาเรสควะเพนจิเลสะสุสุจุยตุสะบะเร
has those, so therefore immediately uh, accumulates new karma and will thereby uh, appropriate aggregates uh, in the future. So there will necessarily be a future rebirth. So where does this come from? If someone were to say, posit the source of this information, uh, we would respond by saying, uh, Dharmakirti's Pramanavartika Karikar, uh, Karika, uh, which is Dharmakirti's uh, commentary on the compendium of valid cognition. And here we find a quote that says, Karma of one who has transcended craving for existence lacks the potency to project another birth because its cooperating conditions are gone. So if we were to uh, uh, um, uh, look at this in terms of like a syllogism, we would say the subject, uh, a foe destroyer, uh, is one who has transcended uh, craving for existence, uh, um, uh, even though they have this uh, uh, throwing karma, which uh, uh, for cyclic existence or that creates cyclic existence, um, they don't uh, uh, have a project another rebirth. Why don't they project another re rebirth? Because the karma. That, that karma, propelling karma of cyclic existence, lacks the potency to project another birth. Why does it lack the potency to project another birth? Because its cooperating conditions are gone. Because the afflictions are no longer present, there's no possibility of a, re, uh, um, a rebirth occurring. Because there's no longer attachment. Uh, it says transcended craving for existence. Because the foe destroyer no longer has attachment, uh, he or she uh, um, doesn't have a birth into cyclic existence because that karma doesn't have the potency because the cooperating conditions aren't present. The afflictions are not present. Uh, so this is how we show a proof that the subject of foe destroyer does, uh, has transcended uh, um, rebirth in cyclic existence uh, because he or she has transcended the afflictions, transcended attachment, and therefore their karma for cyclic existence lacks potency and will not give rise to cyclic existence because the cooperating conditions aren't present. So that's the way it would look in terms of, uh, Rinpoche is using like debate format. Um, so that's how you would look at it. In you would use this quote and look at it in terms of debate. The subject is foe destroyer, is transcended craving for cyclic existence, therefore, the, uh, so that's how they would break this down, just as a translator's note. So then it says, and also, because the, <coughs> the aggregates will arise again if you have craving. Uh, so if there is craving present, uh, one will necessarily have another rebirth in cyclic existence. The aggregates will arise again. One will have another rebirth if the afflictions uh, are present, if craving, if attachment is present, uh, um, then one will necessarily accumulate, that's it, if the attachment is present, one will necessarily accumulate the throwing karma for cyclic existence. Dixon. 
So we get to the third category. It says there are four parts to this. Identifying the afflictions, the order in which they arise, the causes of the afflictions, and the faults of the afflictions. So these are the four categories that will explain this third category. So we need to become knowable, understanding generalisms. So now we get into the generals and the specifics. So we'll have now uh, identifying the afflictions. So we have the uh, um, uh, general... Uh, definition of the afflictions and then specific uh, definition, any definition of the afflictions. Kabasongyuare Sangagwe Nyomobana Sanju Ne, Jumate, Nomo Vicenitos, 
so now we get to the first category, identifying the afflictions, and then we have the general definitions and then specific definitions. So uh, we first have a quote from Asanga's Compendium of Knowledge that gives the general def definition of an affliction. Uh, so it, it, if someone were to say, posit the definition of affliction, uh, then we would use this uh, definition. And also you'll find uh, in the mind uh, and awareness uh, text, uh, the Lorig text, the uh, definitions of uh, these things as well, the definitions of mental mind and mental factors and the definitions of uh, um, uh, afflictions and so forth. Uh, so it says here, an affliction is defined as a phenomena that when it arises is disturbing in character and that uh, through arising disturbs the mind stream. Um, so uh, this affliction is something that uh, when it occurs, it doesn't feel good. The mind becomes unpleasant. The uh, mind uh, um, yeah, just uh, becomes unpleasant. Uh, so we know that when we get angry, we can see this disruption uh, to our mind stream. We can see how this becomes unpleasant in our mind. Or when we become uh, very, very prideful, uh, we, we can see this disruption in our, in our mind. We can see this uh, lack, uh, this, not, this feeling uh, which is not pleasant, this unpleasant feeling. Uh, and when any among those three poisons arise, when we have attachment, uh, when we have hatred or aversion, or when we have this ignorance that arises, uh, we have kind of an unpleasant feeling that occurs. Uh, so how do we know that it's affliction? We know that it's affliction because it disturbs our mind. We know that it's an affliction because when it arises, uh, it feels unpleasant. Our mind doesn't feel good. Uh, so therefore, uh, we know uh, that it's an affliction. That's the qualification uh, of, of for that. Um, so uh, we, when we look to, to try to find and understand what an affliction is, uh, then we first have to define it, define that main word, affliction, uh, and then we get into the more individual definitions of the afflictions. Um, that's so for instance, in dependence upon attachment, uh, then uh, miserliness arises or anger arises. Uh, so we see uh, um, uh, um, all of these uh, um, things that arise in dependence upon uh, uh, an affliction. Uh, 
And how do we know that it's affliction? We know that it's affliction because what it gives rise to is disturbing to our mind. So here we have a case where we're attached and then we have uh, miserliness or we have anger. Um, we can see how that disturbs our mind. Or, uh, so therefore, because it's disturbing to our mind, uh, it is necessarily uh, an affliction. Uh, if it's something within the mind stream. So it says... An affliction is a phenomenon that when it arises is disturbing in character and that through arising disturbs the mind stream. So it's inferred within that that it's arising in the mind stream. So when that's, I just wanted to clarify that because you could <coughs> say that there's, you know, something that would be unpleasant that wouldn't be an affliction that could disturb the mind stream externally. So this is specifically something that arises in the mind stream that then causes this unpleasant state of mind. And, there, and if that is the case, if that kind of emotion arises, it's labeled as an affliction. Deeksam Rinpoche. Tongue So here uh, we have uh, the specific definitions of the ten afflictions are as follows. Uh, so we have uh, those that are views and then those that are not views. At the break, I want to look something up here. This is, uh, breaks down into two categories uh, that um, uh, one uh, is a, a view that then causes uh, the attachment. Then they ducha, control, na jail, maripa, tetsum. What the origin of the Sajin do, Sajin? Then the then a Gotul Sajit then or the Lajan Digdo, the Egyptun do. Then the Dawanga, Ducha, Control, Nanjel, Maripa, Tetsu, Maja, Nomoja, Maripa, Nomoja Tower. Nomoja Towers are what they 
Dağıtılır, naşan odayı görüyordur o malbe. Sivizde o tajetu, nyomotjuşeye, tuşeye, çoğundan dağına, naşaba yine görüyordur o malbe. So the five uh, views, I'm just going to look it up, I don't want to waste any more time, but the five views are those that give rise to uh, the other afflictions. So there are five views, um, but it sounds like attachment, hostility, pride, afflicted uh, ignorance, nyomo, uh, afflicted view, nyomo, dawa, dene, drupa, nyomo, maripa, nyomo, dawa. And then... What the true Afflicted uh, doubt and afflicted view. So there are six that then give rise to uh, cyclic existence. Uh, so attachment, hostility, pride, afflicted ignorance, afflicted doubt, uh, and afflictive view. Those six things give rise to uh, the other afflictions. <laughs> So the reason they're called views is because <coughs> the wrong views that give rise to these afflictions, these uh, um, afflictions, yeah. <laughs> So here uh, we have extremist view, uh, uh, belief in the supremacy of wrong views, the supremacy, a uh, belief in the supremacy of ethics and uh, religious discipline, uh, wrong view, and uh, afflicted. See, it's not in the same order. I just need to spend a minute with a break with. Sajitul is saying read the outline, but it's not seeming to match up with the words uh, exactly. And it's I'm sure my fault, but I just want to I just need a minute to look at it. So we're on page two ninety nine. Did Losar the Jew Lapsa, <laughs> Oh. <coughs> oh, 
So the, the ten uh, that are listed in the Lamrim Chema are attachment, hostility, pride, ignorance, doubt, the reifying view of the perishing aggregates, an extremist view of uh, belief in the view uh, in the supremacy of wrong views, a belief in the supremacy of ethics and religious discipline, uh, and then wrong views. So I just looked at in the moment. The root afflictions are desire, anger, pride, ignorance, uh, doubt, and afflicted view. Uh, and then uh, the afflicted view will then have uh, these categories, I think I understand now, which we find here related to view. So now we'll go through slowly uh, uh, each individual affliction's definition. So that's what uh, we go through uh, now. So we would say, uh, posit the definition of attachment, posit the definition of doubt, posit the definition of uh, hostility. Um, so we would, uh, if we were asked to posit them, then we would give these definitions here. ตาตอมเดชะเทนโชสันเดเรสตาเดชะเทนโชสันเดชะเดชะเนชะงอนากิยุดุบะอีตุงวะละมีเนเจสุเดชะเตเนชะงอนากิยุดุบะอีตุง
um, is that you've recognized or apprehended in some way this thing that you find attractive uh, and then attachment can arise. Without that, it can't. Um, so, uh, and it says, it, it, uh, when attachment clings to its object and grows stronger, it's hard to tear yourself away from the object, just as it is difficult to remove oil. So, if we had uh, maybe a white cloth and it had gotten stained with some oil, it would be very difficult to extract that oil from the cloth because it's really soaked in. Uh, likewise, uh, when attachment occurs, uh, we have this real difficulty uh, separating ourselves from what we are attached to um, uh, in, in the same way that it would be difficult to remove that oil because it's almost uh, it was soaked into us. It uh, um, uh, um, uh, permeates us. So we'll take a short break. It's uh, time for snack. だんだんにもちょっと先に言ってもらうわ。だんにもちょっと先に頼むんで、じゃあ先に、じゃあ、もう、言うのはね、ね。そう。ね、いどんは、シェブルクンガルンドシャイラジムドワ。いど、いどんは、いどんはらめね、いどんはセルデブドシャイのロロシェンゴです。いどんはらめね、ね、ハバいどんは。ほて、いどんは対シレジシェン
um, uh, um, an object that one sees, uh, um, um, is there attachment present if there's an attractive object? And that is no, not necessarily so, um, because just seeing that attractiveness isn't the attachment. It's actually has to be this exacerbated or this exacerbated or this heightened kind of uh, idea of its attractiveness that then uh, gives rise to that. Okay. Um, so uh, the definition of attachment means noticing a pleasant or attractive external or internal object uh, and desiring it. Uh, when attachment clings to its object and grows stronger, it is hard to tear yourself away from its, the object, just as it is difficult to remove oil, uh, which has been soaked uh, in a cloth. Um, so this is the definition uh, of attachment um, in the Great Treatise. Shema. Duchani. Shema. Nandi. Yul. Dupa. Dixon. ตัดนี้บ่คอนโทรลเซนเนี่ยเลยตัวคอนโทรลเซนเนี่ยเนี่ยตั้งตัวคอนโทรคอนโทรเนี่ยคอนโทรเนี่ยเซนเซนนอต
uh, harming these objects. So uh, one can become angry uh, at sentient beings. Uh, um, one uh, can be angry at pain or suffering itself. Um, becomes uh, One has as an object uh, pain and becomes angry. Uh, or weapons uh, or thorns. So for instance, a thorn when you're walking could go into your foot uh, and then that thorn gives rise to your anger. Um, and, and it says, in giving rise to a harsh, tormented mind. So a mind that is uh, uh, very unpleasant, that contemplates uh, harming these objects. Uh, so here, uh, you become angry at these objects. You see a sentient being that you find not attractive to you, uh, um, or distasteful. Uh, then you have anger that arises. Uh, so uh, this is uh, what is meant by hostility. Uh, so there has to be this distasteful or unattractive um, apprehension, or uh, um, uh, the, the sentient being has to be apprehended to be unattractive in order for uh, this uh, anger to take place. Um, uh, if there isn't this uh, um, attractive um, uh, this attraction, rather, that's it. If there isn't this attraction, uh, uh, I'm, uh, uh, I'm sorry, the opposite. If there isn't this uh, um, distasteful feeling present, uh, then there isn't anger. Anger is not possible to arise. So there has to be this distasteful feeling for that sentient being in order for the anger to arise. If it's not present, it can't arise. What does it mean? It more and uh, so, uh, the object of hostility has to be something that is found to be distasteful. There has to be this uh, distaste for the object in order for uh, this to arise. Uh, and uh, we, we don't say then uh, they control the the Sanje the Yitmoa Tondue. Sanje Yitmoa Tondue Yitmoa Yibeser. Jitron Sanje Tondue Chagruta. Yitmoa Sanje Tondue Jitrobeser. Sanje Yitmoa Tondue. Sanje Yitmoa Tondue. Sanje Yitmoa Tondue. Yitmoa Tondue. Okay, so it, if, it's, if it is um, ascertained as distasteful, then it isn't necessarily mean that it gives rise to um, this anger. Uh, there has to be this uh, over uh, um, kind of emphasis on its distastefulness in order for this anger to arise. So the reason that we say this is because we say the subject Buddha, 
um, the subject Buddha can can see something that's distasteful because it's a, um, an object of comprehension. The Buddha uh, cognizes all phenomena, cognizes all objects of comprehension. Uh, therefore, since it's an object of comprehension, uh, uh, actually, I think it's a, uh, an a established base. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, it, because it's an established base, which is synonymous with object of comprehension and all of these other words, phenomena, these are all synonymous as a note. So because it, it, it is an object of, of comprehension, an established base, it therefore is cognized by the Buddha, and the Buddha doesn't have anger. Um, so just this uh, apprehension or cognition of the, this tastefulness of an object isn't enough. There has to be this uh, kind of overemphasis on it from the side of the, the person that um, gives rise to that anger. Um, uh, so, uh, Digson. Sad, Sumba Najer, Senior Marbe Najer, Najer Nyomosumba, Najer, Senior Shosana, Gita Latentis, Najer Judot and Gita and Gita. Gita la Gita la Gita Latente. Shang Zangela Mine, Saint Kimbatis, Najet was Saint Kimb, Kimbish Legend, Sanjun to Bote, Najek Sanjes, Najet, Najek Kimba Java, and the Rangi Chula Savage, Chun Sandy Yusutobo, Najek Kimbas, Kimbas, what they shit on Nagi, Chu Zangela Mine, Kimba. That the Rangi Chu, what they got it, the Zuzamaja, and the Nashi Wings, somebody what Najel Kimba um, so now pride means observing either internally or externally qualities that are high, low, good or bad, <clears throat> and based upon the reifying view of the perishing aggregates, allowing your mind to become inflated. You assume 
an, <coughs> excuse me, an aspect of uh, superiority. Um, so internally, uh, your mind, you feel this uh, kind of a feeling of superiority uh, to uh, um, uh, uh, <coughs> qualities that are high or low. Uh, or good or bad, um, because you have this uh, um, kind of root, which is this reifying view of the perishing aggregates that then says, oh, my body, <coughs> the outer, from an outer perspective, my body is so beautiful. Um, I have all of this, I have this wonderful form, uh, and so forth. And internally, uh, my mind is better than others. I, I know I'm uh, higher than, uh, than others. So we have these outer things we become prideful about, and then these inner uh, qualities that we uh, become become uh, prideful about. So it says uh, your mind becomes inflated and then you assume an aspect of uh, superiority and that comes from the reifying view of the perishing aggregates. And the night combat is that I own as a joy. My house is more than my car is more than the night you go down or the little man. Government. Oh, my government is very good. <laughs> my car, my house, my government. These uh, would be uh, the she. なぜ、あれ、あれ、そうだ、ガジェ。あ、そう、アメリカンそう、アメリカンそう、アメリカンそう、アメリカンそう、アメリカンそう、アメリカンそう、アメリカンそう、アメリカンそう、アメリカンそ
points. Uh, there is no uh, past life or future life. There is no karma. There is no uh, um, result of action, uh, etc. There are no three jewels. Um, so this is a, a, a misunderstanding uh, that's related to this. So we don't understand uh, these things. There are these large gaps of unknowing, uh, of not knowing, rather, uh, related to these objects. Uh, so here, uh, then when we would look at the, uh, the three jewels and uh, uh, karma and its results and, and say, uh, uh, I don't know uh, about these. Uh, well, we don't, uh, I don't understand these things. I don't know about these things, Mesheba. I don't know these things. You don't know these things. So this is what ignorance is referring to. So among the two types of ignorance, ignorance which is an obscuration about karma and its results and ignorance which is an obscuration related to suchness, this is referring to that ignorance which is related to karma and its results. Then I'm like grasping for all these definitions and they're all right here. Sorry. Um, so but, uh, now uh, we've gone through the first four, attachment, hostility, pride, ignorance, uh, and now we've got to number five, which is doubt. Uh, and when we uh, look at the uh, mind and awareness uh, text, uh, we find the definition of uh, doubt, which means that one is uncertain in, uh, in terms of the object of apprehension. Uh, and when we divide it up, we find that there are three <coughs> categories according to the mind and awareness text. There is the, uh, first the category uh, doubt tending towards false, uh, equal doubt, uh, and then uh, doubt tending towards truth. Uh, so there are three categories uh, in the low rig uh, related to doubt, uh, and, and that's how it's defined uh, in, an, in an easy way, a certain uncertainty about this, uh, the object, leaning towards false, equally uncertain about it, and, and then more leaning towards the truth. Um, so these are the uh, three categories that we find there. I guess I don't have it. ลอรีตูดิอินชูตูลจูบันดูเอออ่าเอ่อเอ่อเอ่อเอ่อเอ่อเอ่อเอ่อเอ่อเอ่อเอ่อเอ่อเอ่อเอ่อเอ่อเอ
so when we look at the three categories of doubt, uh, doubt tending towards false, equal doubt, and doubt tending towards truth, uh, the first category, doubt tending towards false, would be this as follows. Is the self permanent or impermanent? Uh, the self is probably permanent. Uh, so this is a mistaken view, uh, uh, and it is tending towards false, because it's tending towards the mistaken view, this doubt is. Uh, so this is that first category. Is the self impermanent or permanent? It's probably permanent. Uh, so that's that first category. <laughs> Um, so then we have a doubt tending towards uh, uh, equal doubt, it's called. Um, and with equal doubt, we're saying maybe uh, the self is impermanent or maybe it's permanent. Um, so it's an equal level amount of doubt. But if one were to say, is the self impermanent or permanent, and say it's probably impermanent, then this is doubt, doubt that's tending towards truth. Um, so this is how doubt is divided. We find in a text, uh, um, uh, possibly Arya Davis, 400 verses, but not Tetsum, <laughs> not sure. Uh, we find a quote that says that uh, even uh, an ordinary beings, uh, if an ordinary being even has a doubt about this thing called emptiness, then it shakes the, the roots of cyclic existence. Um, so uh, what that means is that in regards to emptiness, if this, even this doubt arises, is there, are things truly established or not truly established? That, that one thought, that doubt, about whether or not they are truly established, uh, Ari Davis says, uh, shakes uh, um, cyclic existence, uh, shakes samsara. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nathan, 
Pobola Nala Okay, I get it, I think. Um, so, we now uh, go to number six, the reifying view of the perishing aggregates. Is an afflictive intelligence uh, that observes the appropriated aggregates and res regards them as I or mine, that is, as the self or that which belongs to the self, here, since perishing means impermanent and aggregates is plural, the terms indicate that what are appropriated are simply impermanent and multiple phenomena. There is no permanent unitary person. This is why it is called the view of the perishing aggregates. Uh, so here there is this observation of I, uh, and then there is an observation of mind. And in the middle way, uh, Madhyamaka school, Chujijapa, 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 the Chuji Drapa, uh, I, Dharma Kirti. Dharma Kirti, okay. I, 
lost it for a minute. So Dharmakirti um, uh, states that uh, if it is uh, um, the view of re- reifying view of the perishing aggregates, it's necessarily uh, grasping uh, at the person as uh, uh, a true as having true self, consagatazin. Grasping at the person as having true self, um, but it stated that the grasping at the person as being having a true self. Um, is not necessarily the reifying view of the perishing aggregates because it requires there to be I or mine. If we were to say posit that which is uh, not the, verif- the reifying view of the perishing aggregates but is uh, grasping at the person as uh, having a true self, we would say someone else is grasping at their person as having true self. That is grasping at the person as having true self, but it's not a reifying view of the perishing aggregates because it's not my uh, view. It, it's not uh, my mind specifically. So we can come up with a subject uh, which is uh, A but not B, which is this um, grasping at the person as having a true self, but not the reifying view. The reifying view requires this idea of I uh, and mine, uh, and, and uh, that has to be there uh, in order for it to qualify as this. Now this uh, Believing that the uh, I have this intrinsic or inherent existence, I am truly established, um, uh, and and these uh, I I have these things. Uh, this is my hand. This is my company. Uh, these are my things. Uh, all of these would be considered uh, grasping at the person as uh, having a true self. Um, but uh, and so therefore would be uh, in this case. I mean, uh, and in this case also. Uh, the reifying view of the perishing aggregates, but again, we do have examples where we have this person uh, self, uh, this uh, um, grasping at the person is truly established, where there is an absence of this uh, reifying view, and that would be someone else's other than yours uh, would be uh, different, uh, because then that wouldn't be I or mine. It has to be specific to oneself and his or her apprehension of uh, the. Uh, our, it, it, Things, his or her things. Langlanglanglanglanglanglanglanglanglanglanglanglanglanglanglanglanglanglanglanglanglanglanglanglanglanglanglanglanglanglanglanglanglanglanglanglanglanglanglanglanglanglanglanglanglanglanglanglanglang
reifying view of the perishing aggregates. And, and then we have uh, uh, different views in the uh, other tenets. So the Vabashika school uh, and the Sutra school uh, have a very coarse understanding of the um, uh, selflessness of a uh, person. Uh, and then the mind-only school uh, uh, has a, a, a different view uh, uh, that is exclusive to just the mind itself uh, as this creator. Um, but the middle way school states that it's this, this misunderstanding of the I and this belief of its inherent existence uh, that uh, um, causes this mind to occur and, and that is the reifying view of the perishing aggregates. Tanjibanamatabalukore, Telanjibanamatabaton,Tubanatomayimbe, Taba is a Jew, Mare, Taji Ramaji does at Koju, Mares, Taba the Chibi Kaza Matos, Gita Mibatela, Taba Shaju, Mare, Taji Ramachibus at Jaju, Mares, Kaza and Meto, Shetan Bisheto, Gisula Tawa, she made Tasos, Gisula Tawa, Gisula Tawas make Tabares, Guba Karasana, Guba Teacheturis. ね。ちっちゃい。ごばんでいちてるですわ。てらんじばのまたばそばのとまいんべ。で、かんらんめべ。じんね、またばたん。とみとどんいち。たばだちびらじのまいのす。わて。びびしてるじそらたわしめたす
that comes together that there uh, is this designation uh, that one uh, believes has this single unitary uh, um, nature, um, but uh, it doesn't because it says uh, um, the, um, the terms indicate that what are apprehended are simply impermanent and multiple phenomena. There is no permanent and unitary person. So there is this collection that comes together. It's multiple phenomena coming together. Uh, um, that this is why it is called the view of the perishing aggregate. So it, J. Rinpoche, uh, if there are any doubts, shows why uh, they're called, it's perishing uh, and shows why uh, um, this word uh, aggregates uh, is pluralized in the Tibetan. Um, ตาวะตะตะกะเจญีเดโตตะตะวะตะตะกะเจญีเดตันเดชะคอนโรงาเจญมุจิจิมารีบานยมุจิตุซงจีตะซารวะโตซาเซเรตาตาจุนบาติญ
and external or as subject to annihilation. Uh, so it says permanent or something outside or subject to annihilation uh, in such a way that there will be no rebirth from this life into a future. So that subject to annihilation is the part uh, that Rinpoche um, is talking about in regards to the nihilists where they believe it's like this lamp just going out. Uh, so we'll take no we won't we will end class there uh, we won't uh, go forward uh, we'll slowly go through these um, and we'll get to it next week so if everybody wants to turn to the concluding mandala offering and dedication prayer uh, and uh, we'll get to that next There's one or two things that I'd like to look up from class today. Very small things, but if I find the, the points, I'll bring them for next week. It was just related to the views of the lower schools. Um, I just don't want to translate it wrong. It's like one point, very little. Um, but still, it's important because Rinpoche said it. So concluding mandala offering and dedication prayer. The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Ozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious Guru. Dedicate all these Jew to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well, with whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times. I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness. All powerful Avogateshvara Tenzin Yatso may stay until samsara's end. I pray for the long life of the precious Kensar Wandok, upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, a spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts with exceptional wisdom and perseverance.